Amy, we're going to go live to the Riverside County Sheriff's Headquarters and update on the uh, kids that were found uh, in that house there in Paris. Investigation was brought to our attention on Sunday, January 14, 2018, um, just before six o'clock in the morning. A 17-year-old girl called 911 from a deactivated cell phone and reported that her siblings were being held against their will, and some were chained. Deputies responded, met with that 17-year-old nearby, and she explained that she had escaped through a window uh, from from that residence. The 17-year-old also showed some photos uh, that led the deputies to believe that the information she was provided was accurate. Deputies and a supervisor responded to that location, conducted a welfare check to check on the additional siblings in that home. There were a total of 13 siblings located, six of which were under the age of 18. Um, Deputies, when they arrived inside the house, they noticed that the children were malnourished, it was uh, very dirty, and the conditions were horrific. The parents and children, biological parents and children, were taken to the Paris Sheriff's Station for further investigation. AMR and CAL FIRE also responded to check on the uh, children, their well-being, all the siblings, and our uh, Child Protective Services and Adult Protective Services were also uh, dispatched to our location to assist us with the investigation. During the investigation, we discovered that the parents and children have lived in the city of Paris since approximately 2014. They were homeschooled um, at that residence. There's no indication that there were any other uh, students or children residing in that residence. However, at this time, the investigation is still ongoing, so we're not going to rule anything out. Um, I wish I could come to you today with information that would explain why this happened. Um, But we do need to acknowledge the courage of the young girl who escaped from that residence to bring attention so they could get the help that they so needed. As I indicated earlier, we're working with Child Protective Services, Adult Protective Services, and medical professionals to ensure that the victims get the help that they need. With that being said, I would now like to introduce the mayor of the city of Paris, Michael Vargas. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for coming out. I can truly say that I'm devastated at this act of cruelty and heartfelt for the victims. I can't begin to imagine the pain and suffering that they have endured. I'm very grateful for our police department for their swift response and acting upon this, receiving this information of this incident. And I have faith that uh, our investigators will complete a thorough investigation. This is a very happy and tight, hardworking family community, and I know I speak on behalf of the residents of Paris that our thoughts and prayers are with the victims as they endure the next few weeks that are coming up. And I thank everybody behind me for helping out in this investigation. Thank you. On behalf of the Department of Public Social Services, I want to acknowledge that we are actively working closely and and cooperatively with the Sheriff's Department on this investigation. (coughs) 
Our foremost concern at this time is the health and well-being of all of the children. And we will be seeking court authorization to provide oversight and care for the children, including the adult children, to the extent that that's necessary. Uh, I, I am immensely grateful for the young child being willing to make that call to 911. Otherwise, we would not have had the opportunity to intervene. And we want to highlight the importance uh, the community plays in providing us with information about abuse and neglect. And we encourage anyone in the community to call our hotlines or call law enforcement whenever they have a concern about abuse or neglect, whether it is uh, impacting a child, a disabled adult, or a senior. Thank you. I'm Susan Von Zabern, Director of the Department of Public Social Services. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Dr. Sophia Grants. I'm the Medical Director of the Child Abuse Unit at Riverside University Health System. In general, when uh, caring for children such as these, uh, the immediate needs would be to uh, address the concerns that we have about their health and well-being. Uh, they would require stabilization, and in cases of starvation, we would have to uh, slowly uh, start to feed them to uh, avoid any problems that refeeding may cause. In addition to the medical needs, we would also do assessments, whether it be uh, CT scans, x-rays, or any type of diagnostic studies to uh, assure that nothing else is going on. Uh, the long-term needs of these kids are going to be uh, the psychological and psychiatric needs um, um, due to the prolonged periods of um, starvation mal uh, and maltreatment. Um, thank you. Good morning. My name is uh, Mark Uffer. I'm the Chief Executive Officer at Corona Regional Medical Center in, in Corona. Um, we have um, seven of the adults. Um, it's hard to think of them as adults when you first see them because they're, they're small and it's very clear that they're um, malnutritioned. Uh, we've done some lab work on them. We can't tell you a lot because of HIPAA uh, other than we, they're, they're stable. Um, they're being fed uh, um, to try to refeed as was discussed. Um, they're um, comfortable and they're in a very safe and secure environment and I think that's the most important thing for them right now. Uh, we want to work closely with all the uh, different agencies in the county uh, to make sure that they're um, treated appropriately um, and at this point uh, I think they're stable and safe and uh, we want to respect their privacy. They've gone through a very traumatic ordeal. Um, I can tell you that they're, they're very uh, friendly, they're, um, they're very cooperative and I believe that they're hopeful that life will get better for them uh, after this event. So thank you very much. And with that, we'll be prepared to answer some uh, questions. We're listening yes, to sir. a news conference out of Riverside County after the uh, 13 kids were taken out of the house in the city of Paris. Is there, is the Seven of them, not kids. <laughs> 18 to 29. Okay. Um, in regards to your first question, um, the I can't get into the specific details of the conversation, but it seemed that the mother was perplexed as to why we were uh, at, at that residence. 
Had you had prior contact with them uh, in the past, law enforcement? No, sir. We had no prior contacts um, at that residence regarding um, uh, any allegations of, of uh, child abuse or neglect. Or anything else? What about calls for service? Regarding anything else, we had no other contacts at that residence. Now, How long have they been held captive for? I want to follow up on that one thing, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I just I wanted to also ask the reception you received from the children. Were they excited to see you? Were they happy? And we were also indicate. I think from you, your department, we got indications that they said to you that they were hungry. They wanted food. Can you go into the reception that you received from the children? I don't have a description to provide to you regarding the specific reception, but the children were in fact fed. Yes, sir. Um, how many of them were indeed shackled? I mean, I gather that not all of them were shackled. A lot of the neighbors say the adults actually would come outside from them. There are at least a couple that were uh, found uh, shackled in that condition. I don't have that exact amount. At least so, a couple. Captain Dulles. Um, yes. I spoke to the family last night, David uh, Turpin's parents, and they said that this seemed like a happy family. But they also said that they were a very religious family. They taught their kids the Bible. They actually instructed them to memorize large sections of it. Is there anything having to do with religion? Could religion have caused this? Is this some sort of cult or an offshoot of religion that made them treat their children like this? As of right now, I have no information regarding any uh, religious organization associated, associated with this matter. But again, we're still in the very early stages of this investigation, and our detective bureau is conducting a meticulous and detailed uh, investigation. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. You, you said the conditions were horrific. Do you have any specifics about what you actually saw in the house? Some of our staff described that there was, uh, it was, uh, there was a very foul smell inside the residence. Um, it was extremely dirty, and uh, as we reported uh, previously, uh, many of the children were malnourished. Were they only found in bedrooms, or were they also found in the garage, any other places that maybe are not suitable for bedrooms? Yeah, I don't have the information of where they were located specifically. Any sense of how long they were down there for, or how long they had been held captive? No, sir. I don't have that information, but again, um, it's very early on in our investigation, and those are questions that we want to get answered. We want to that we want to get answered as well. Sir, in yesterday's press conference, you might have you said in yesterday's press conference you noted that they have been physically and psychologically abused for decades. What gives you that indication? Well, again, as part of our investigation, interviews have been conducted in this matter. I can't get, since it's an ongoing case and we're preparing our case to be submitted to the Riverside County District Attorney's Office for filing, um, I can't get into the specific statements, um, but that information was included in that press release. Captain, did the family, where did they live before here, like te uh, Texas or West Virginia, and are you checking into whether they fled trouble in their previous uh, residences? The information that we have is that they previously lived for a period of time in the city of Marietta, and there is information that they previously lived uh, in the state of Texas, and that's additional information that we are following up on as part of our investigation to get to the bottom of that as well. Captain, it's a yes. difficult topic because it, some are minors, but is there any indication of sexual abuse? Right now, we don't have any information to indicate that, but again, very early on in our investigation, we have substantial amount of interviews still to, to conduct. 
Um, so we hope to get to the bottom of that, of that as well. Yes, Captain, sir. Captain, you, in the press release that you sent out, you said that the children were, were tortured. Can you describe how they were tortured? Well, again, I can't get into the specifics of that, but if you can imagine um, being 17 years old and appearing to be a 10-year-old, um, being chained to a bed, um, being malnourished and um, um, injuries associated with that, um, I would call that torture. Well, again, those are some of the things that we are still investigating, and part of that ongoing investigation, I can't release all those details at this time. When will the case be found with the chain to a bed? Upon entering the room, did the deputies actually find children chained to a bed? Describe the situation. Yes, yes. In, in regards to uh, when deputies went in, there were how many people did we have? There were three individuals that were uh, chained to some type of furniture inside the residence. Can you confirm that the, um, both of the adults that you're calling the father and the mother are the biological parents of all of the children? And the second question is, did any other agencies have contact with the home? They were homeschooled. Were there any education officials who followed up? Neighbors said code enforcement was out there. Did they ever find anything unusual? Uh, again, we had no call history at that residence. Uh, to indicate that this type of activity was occurring there. Without what about the blood relatives? The are they all blood? To the two parents? Are they all the, those the biological parents? From, from what we know right now, they are the biological parents of all of the children. You mentioned that the mother seemed to be confused as to why you guys were questioning her as to what was going on. Um, what was the father's reaction to the deputy being there? I don't have that reaction for you today. Can you explain again why you consider it torture? Just go through what you saw that makes you in your mind think it was torture. Can you do that again for us, please? Well, again, if, if you can imagine when you have adults who appear that they're, they're children and they're so mal, malnourished um, and, and they're not being fed and they're living in these uh, uh, filthy, uh, dirty conditions, um, uh, that's going to take its toll. Captain Bellows, is there any indication, or have you been able to understand why none of the kids came forward earlier? Uh, if they were able to leave, apparently they had cars, why didn't they spot an escape or go to the authorities sooner? Well, that's a good question, but one, as I indicated earlier, um, I appreciate the courage that this uh, juvenile had to escape that house and get out there and report this to law enforcement. Can you tell you what precipitated that particular escape? Yeah, can you tell us more about that? I don't have uh, any information regarding Listen. that. I'll take two more questions. Yes, sir. Uh, you said that the mother was perplexed. Um, are we looking at mental illness as a possible reason for this? There's no indication of mental illness at this time. One more question. Can you, can you also speak to the fact that it looks like the family had a much more uh, present social media presence and then they sort of disappeared off of that? Does it seem, based on the conversations you're having with them, that there seemed to be a moment that changed for this family when things started to go unravel? I can't make any conclusion regarding that. Um, I've seen the Facebook uh, posts like many of you have, um, so I can't come to a conclusion or indicate if, if something changed or what uh, came to uh, the, uh, the, the juvenile escaping that particular night. Um, but again, we're so glad that um, she had the courage to do so, and we're going to uh, continue this investigation. We're going to conduct a meticulous investigation, and we're going to get answers to all these questions. And, and that's gonna all right, that was a press conference out of Riverside about this house of horrors, these, these parents that kept the 13-year-old kids from 2 to 29 years old, some of them, at least three of them, shackled to different furniture in the house. 
Him saying that there was no sign of mental illness kind of contradicts one of his earlier statements when he says the mother was surprised when authorities turned up on the doorstep. Yeah. If the mother was surprised that authorities were there when she had her at least at three least of her three kids, kids chained and, yeah. and their kids are all malnourished, that is a sign of mental illness. Yeah. There's a, there's this family, uh, these parents, I should say, there's something going on there. Uh, and you can't ignore that. The question, by the way, the last question uh, of the uh, the captain there for the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department was perhaps the most important, which was, was there a moment, was there something that happened to the family uh, two years ago that then changed what was going on or accelerated whatever was going on? Because we, I mean, for years, neighbors had said, yeah, we saw the, we saw the kids, but and they were always skinny, and they didn't speak to us, and they were pale. Something may have happened two years ago because they do have all those happy social media posts of them in Vegas with the renewal of the vow ceremonies and at Disneyland. But you don't get a hold on your kids, especially adult kids, in two years. No. This was a family. These were were was either the father or or the father and the mother together using religion, maybe as part of it, that had a hold on these kids for their entire lives and the, mentally. The thing is, if you're 20, what was the oldest, 27 years old? If you're 20, 29. 29, if you're 29 years old and you've grown up in that house where every once in a while mom and dad have an attitude and you get shackled to the bed, you don't know any different. If you're homeschooled, you don't have the socialization that you would in a normal day where you would say to your kids, oh, to your buddies, hey, I got shackled to bed last night. You got what? That's not normal. Families are like wildfires. They make their own weather. They make their own ecosystem. This family, these kids probably, like you said, didn't know that this was wrong until maybe they said there were cell phones in the house. Maybe there was some sneaking of the cell phones. Maybe somebody realized that this is not the way life is supposed to work. It's fascinating, though, when you talk about seven kids 18 to 29, and you just wonder if there's any special needs situations going on with those adult kids or, or what. Um, but wow, the, the girl who they thought was 10 years old but turned out to be 17 had crawled through a window, and she knew there was something wrong because when she called 911, it was, look at these photos we are uh, hungry. There are my siblings chained. She knew that that was not okay. My money's on her probably talking to someone online, you know, and saying this is what's going on and them saying that's not normal. Well, and that would be interesting to see if what sort of presence there is online for the kids. Because, I mean, we've seen the family. We've seen the mom and dad. By the way, Facebook, I don't know why you haven't taken that page down yet. But we've seen these kids looking, you know, a little emaciated, a little pale, a little strange in that all of the girls are wearing the same dress and all the boys are wearing the same haircut and stuff. I, I, That's, you know, hey, that's a fashion choice that I don't agree with, but that's fine. The question is, what sort of access did those kids have to social media, if any? If mom and dad were able to post this stuff on Facebook, what did the kids have? Probably and, and- not much. I think that's how you control children is you are in control of everything that they see and that they hear and that they eat and that they're exposed to. These are kids that did not look like they got a lot of sunlight. I know there's probably nutritional issues that make their skin that pale as well. Um, obviously, mom and dad aren't uh, bronzed people, but I'm just saying that that's that's kids that don't see a hell of a lot of sunlight. And 
it's just so sad when you when you hear things like we have to refeed them. Re-feed we have to them. slowly you have to slowly refeed them because refeed them. giving them too much food is a shock to their system that right. could potentially put them in even more danger. It just seems like dad was the was the ringleader and dad's probably not playing with a with a full deck of cards either. But for the mother, that was the biggest thing that came out of this press conference for me hearing him say that the mother was perplexed. Why would you be here? Why would why would you take issue with my kids chained to furniture? I don't know. Uh, this is a uh, this is a story. We'll get into a little bit more about what we know about David and Louise Turpin and their kids, what sort of history they have, and what it is that I mentioned that last question. What it is of uh, about the social media clues that we do have? Why this may have taken a turn at some point two years ago? I kind of feel like it didn't, though. I feel like you these like this kids was just going on were screwed up for a long time. They had control over these kids. It was just a uh, Yes, I feel like it was a very um, cut-off household and that these were a couple outings, these vow renewal things at this Elvis Chapel. In Vegas? In Vegas, and this Disneyland trip or a couple Disneyland trips. You don't see any pictures of everyday life with the kids. There's a couple pictures of the mom with the youngest baby at the beach or in a park or whatever, but... You don't see pictures of everyday life. You, you see your friends' pictures, or my friends' pictures that have kids, and you see them uh, all sorts of, the kids in all sorts of different places. At the soccer game. Normal the... stuff, soccer game, volleyball, uh, you know. These people seem to have like three outings in the past five years. And I'm just wondering if that was just because the kids did not get allowed out very much. I don't think that these are pictures of a normal family life. You know what I mean? Just yeah. because the kids are smiling. Here's I have a couple questions also about the as I was going through their web their uh, Facebook page last night, I realized there's a bunch of people who are looking at this. And this was before, you know, this was uh 12 14 hours ago. So this is before everybody got their grubby paws on this stuff. And there were there were comments from people like, "Hey, I love your kids. I love that you have 13 of them. Your baby is so beautiful. The girls are so gorgeous. You're such a great mom." Beautiful family. Wait a minute. So if you're Facebook friends with this horde, you know that something's going on. No, you don't. You you've got to know that something's going on. No, you wouldn't. You just look at those. Wait a minute. minute. Family. And those are. You know what? You know what? You just said Facebook friends. Do you know how much that's worth? Okay. Yes. Worth nothing. I'll give you that. But if I had if I had friends who had one two if they had thirteen kids and all of them looked like they weighed under ninety pounds. I would start raising questions in my own head. I, I would wait a minute. What's going on there? Why? Why does? Why did you? Not one of your children has any muscle tone. I don't know how many of those Facebook friends are real friends or just people that latch on to a big family on Facebook. Maybe there's a God connection. There's no Bible. There's no Bible verse that tells you no, to no, chain no. kids I'm saying, to beds. I'm saying a God connection to a big family. For strangers to oh, be Facebook friends. Like, hey, my my quiver is full. Your quiver is exactly. full. We're the full quiver club. Exactly. With a Q. All right. When we come back, a little bit more on this and more details about what's going on. These 13 children, adult and juvenile children taken from a home in Paris. And the parents are, uh, man, they appear to be a mess. And hey, we'll talk about that. We also. Let's give away this money. Oh, I love that. Your shot at $1,000 now. 
text the keyword bank to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and messaging rates apply. That's bank to 200-200. And don't forget, if you win, they will give you a call, but it might be from a number you don't recognize. So, uh, And if you don't win, we'll just play again next hour or the hour after that or after that. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. God, I'm beginning to think that that dad and mom are both certifiable. Oh, you can't do this alone. You, yeah, you can't. They're both do nuts. Um, we're talking about the 13 siblings taken from that home in Paris on Sunday. 911 call came in first thing Sunday morning from a teenage girl. She had managed to escape the family's home. Her parents had been holding her captive and her brothers and sisters were still locked inside. In fact, uh, we just found out that at least three of them were chained to furniture when Riverside County Sheriff's deputies showed up. And again, when they when they met this girl, this seventeen year old girl outside, they thought she was ten because of how small she was. She was emaciated, and now we know from the doctors as well that they were in such a bad physical condition that they have to refeed them very very slowly because too much would be a shock to their system. So the authorities show up on the doorstep. They find at least three more kids chained to furniture in the house, and mom is surprised that they're there. Now, if you had your kids chained to the furniture and the cops showed up on your doorstep, you're like, oh, man. I knew it. You got me. But she had no idea why that would be odd. Now, we don't know a whole lot about uh, David and Louise other than uh, David was earning a pretty nice salary, 140000 a year at Northrop Grumman. We don't know exactly what he was doing, but when he filed for bankruptcy back in 2011... They said that they were between $100,000 and $500,000 in debt and that obviously they had huge expenses. You cannot have 15 people in one house without having a huge grocery bill. Well, unless you're not feeding them. Well, that's one way to cut down on it. But they said that the family's expenses exceeded his pay by over $1,000 a month. Um, Their bankruptcy lawyer told the New York Times that the couple often spoke fondly of their children, but he never saw them. And he says, we remember them as a very nice couple. This is shocking. These kids were all homeschooled, as if you can imagine. Seven of them, again, over the age of 18. And that's what's so perplexing to me, is I understand parents having power over the little kids. But I guess there's only one way to have power over the big kids, kids that are over 18 to 29 years old. The only way to have power over those kids the adult children, is to have had power over them their entire lives. Cut off the family. Cut off the family, no social media, no public school, no, no socialization friends, no outside friends of the, the family. The, you this, haven't heard anything from friends of these kids. You haven't heard anything from kids that were homeschooled with them. This was a family completely cut off, and these kids grew up thinking that this was normal until one of them, at least one of them, realized it wasn't. Now, they've been in this home for some time, but even if that's the case, the oldest of the kids is 29. That kid has got to have some, I don't know, some sense about that this didn't feel right. And and the, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department credits the 17-year-old with having enough sense to be able to get out of that house, take a cell phone, well, whether— the- 
and and to call 911 on Sunday morning. The 29-year-old has lived in that house the longest, so maybe she's the most screwed up or he's the most screwed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it required one of the younger kids that got some wind of something to be like, wait a minute here. Um, one of the reporters talked to the dad's parents last night, and the parents said that this was a happy family, very religious, that the kids would memorize large sections of the Bible. There are families that that happens in. You know, religious families r- routinely will have, you know, Bible studies or, you know, having kids memorize parts of the Bible. But you wonder if there was, uh, I don't know. I mean, religion can be pretty powerful. Yeah, but. I know there's no part of the Bible that says shackle your kids to the furniture. Well, there is honor the. There may be some Old Testament stuff. There is uh, honor the mother and father. Do what they say. (laughs) There's a lot of that. (laughs) Now, the, the parent, like you said, they said they. That they had visit had not visited the family over the last several years, but had spoken to them on the phone. Although they hadn't spoken to the grandkids, what grandparent doesn't speak to their grandkids for five years? Unless the grandparents are in Texas and of no means. Remember, they said they lived in Murrieta before, and then Texas maybe before that. So I'm assuming that maybe if if the grandparents are in another state, they had some they had some people on their Facebook page from Virginia, I believe, maybe some cousins or something. So maybe their family wasn't out here and didn't know the conditions. I'm just uh, there's a couple there's a couple of outlying things to this story that that are going to bug me until we get them wrapped up. The first one and the most odd is this Elvis impersonator at the Elvis Chapel in Vegas. He was at every single one of the ceremonies that they did, and there were there appear to be at least three. I'm assuming they probably did more of those. You think he? No, no, no. Been, I mean, no, you know no, what no, no. crap he has no, seen yes, in his life. That's not this what I'm saying. This is like normal. This is like a. This is a nice little family. I mean, he's probably yes. had guys doing blow off hookers behind. This is the at a least ceremony. exciting of his stories. That I know exactly, that. Yeah. But I want to know what that guy thought when you got a couple with 13 kids in tow you and you're what? renewing vows. Here's what I'll, I'll tell you about that guy. He's not a judger. He does not judge one second of his day. You know, the other question we had uh, was, who gets to him first? Like, which news outlet gets to that Elvis yeah. impersonator first to ask him about, uh, hey, you remember that family that came in that had 13 kids? Whoever gets to the uh, to the downtown Vegas uh, <laughs> glitter gulch first. The other outlying question here is, where the hell are the neighbors? Well, I read one account from a neighbor yesterday. I believe it was the Associated Press article. And the neighbor said, yeah, the kids, they wouldn't, you would you would see them hanging up Christmas lights or whatever, right, as an anecdote. And you would say to them something like, oh, those look good. And the kids would never respond. And one of the neighbors said she realized that they were pale and that they looked like they weren't nourished very well, but that she didn't want to think bad of people. And that reminded me of the San Bernardino Tashfeen Malik neighbors that said, well, yeah, we noticed that they were, you know, building bombs bombs in their garage. But, you know, we didn't want to profile them. We thought it was just a hobby bomb. We didn't know it was a terrorist (laughs) bomb. This is this is the probably one of the disturbing parts of it is that we today in this day and age communicate via Facebook all the time, and very very rarely do we know our neighbors, the people who live next door to us. When Facebook is what we take as someone's life, this is what happens. Yeah. You know, we we look at Facebook, and we think it, 
that that that's that person's life. Oh, look at those kids are happy. Oh, look at what a happy marriage. We all know that it's all a facade for some people. It's just it's a weird Chris and Carlo, by the way, has been covering the story. He was there at the news conference. And a little bit later in the show, we're going to get uh, we're going to get Chris's take on what we've heard so far about this. There's still a bunch going on as well. For example, Steve Bannon was subpoenaed by special counsel, so he'll be in to testify we still have updates on the Montecito. Um, 20 people dead, now three missing, still oh, listed as missing. And new details about the murder of Blaze oh, Bernstein. That guy's due in court today, as a matter of fact. Yeah, we'll talk to Andrew Mullenbeck coming up next hour. All right. Gary and Shannon will continue. If I would have just laid my drink down and walked down, why wouldn't be in my truck? Tuesday, January 16th. Next hour, Monica Ricks is going to join us. She is actually in Colorado. Uh, among other things, she has visited the International Church of Cannabis. Trying to figure out how it's all shaked out there in Get Denver. In, oh, I didn't. It's old drug Gosh, term. Gosh, so clever. It's like drugs. It's like hot rails. Shake. Mm, now we're going to get the hot rails emails about how we don't know what that is. But what is the landscape for pot in California going to look like in a couple of years? And Colorado may be sort of the uh, the window to what we have in our future. But we continue this uh, story. These 13 siblings taken from this home in Paris. The parents in jail now. $9 million bail. Uh, several counts of child endangerment and abuse. And uh, it looks like they'll be in court probably on Thursday. And uh, just just a bizarre case where these... These siblings between the ages of 2 and 29, some of them shackled to furniture, whether it was a bed or whatever, and uh, dark, the deputies who went into the house described it as foul-smelling. This is going to be a hell of a media tour when the reporters get their hands on these kids. Man, because the there's seven of them. The majority of them are adults, so they are fully within their right to answer questions about their parents and the conditions that they found themselves in. We were wondering who was going to get their hands on the Elvis impersonator first. David tweeted us at Gary and Shannon that Channel 11 interviewed the Elvis. He calls him the Elvis priest. The Elvis <laughs> priest last night. Okay. You know what? The, he brings up kind of a good point there. Um, I don't know if he meant to. But anyway, he says that uh, they looked happy and normal all three times. But again... An Elvis impersonator at a chapel in Vegas is going to say that about probably everybody. You know what I mean? Yes. He's not going to roll on anyone. That guy has been in, that guy's got so many skeletons. So many stories. Because of the nature of his work. Oh, boy. He could be called as a witness to probably. Many murders. Ten felonies a week. (laughs) Yes. Just from what he sees. Uh, But you know what? You bring up a good point. If you, he brings up a good point. Even if you if you are super religious, right? If you're having your kids memorize long passages from the Bible, are you going to renew your vows yes. with an Elvis impersonator? Excellent point. I thought about that last night. That if this, you know, if this is a religious family or that they claim to, you know, be doing things because God told them to have a bazillion kids, what did God tell you to go to an Elvis impersonator in Vegas of all places? I can't imagine that that would be a. There's, there's got to be. But then again. That's just a symptom of the crazy. We're we're looking. We're trying to make sense out of these couple who thought it was okay to withhold food from their children and lock them down so they wouldn't get out of the house. The sister of the mom is on Facebook, 
And she lives in Virginia. Well, I'm sorry, West Virginia. Ooh. And she has seven children. She says, I'm a child of God. I'm an entrepreneur, best-selling author and speaker. Seems like she's some sort of, uh, you know, motivational speaker. In fact, she has a quote from herself as her profile pic. And it says this, at times you might be down about what's going on with your life, but just remember one permanent fact, everything changes. Tomorrow might be different. Yes, that is very true. Tomorrow they might be in jail or in court. Bizarre, just an absolutely bizarre story that it could go this long. Um, And I was reminded of last night thinking about how many people it takes to look the other way for this to go on. Or for people to raise some sort of concern and be ignored about it. It reminded me of the Gabriel Fernandez case. I mean, in this case, thankfully, these 13 kids are not dead. But how many people looked the other way when it came to Gabriel Fernandez? And how many people said something but were ignored about Gabriel Fernandez in this situation? That's just, it's... The tragic, How much tragic of it too story. is laziness? Because it felt like in the in the Gabriel story, a lot of it was laziness. Social workers saying they went out on a call and did they it, never did. You know, you know, I got to play Candy Crush. Yeah. You know, how much of it is laziness, and how much of it is just thinking? You know, wh- whether it was neighbors on the street that saw these kids and thought, "Oh, something's off." How much of it was laziness, and how how much of it was, "Eh, that's their business." That's. It's frustrating, that's for sure. All right, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on this story. If anything new comes out, Chris Ancarlo, by the way, is going to join us a little bit later in the show, and we're going to talk more about that news conference today and some details that we have found out about that family. When we come back, though, the update on the Blaze Bernstein death, the guy who was accused of it is due in court today. Andrew Mullenbeck is going to join us for an update. Next on Gary and Shannon.